So, you know, Saturday's the 80th anniversary of Midway. You guys want to watch that Midway movie? Oh, what a... Didn't we already... Didn't we already... Oh, whoops. <laughs> just pound my nuts flat with a wooden mallet instead. <laughs> this one's for Beirut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of Scuttlebutt, the war movie review podcast. This week, we're headed to the Middle East to take a look at the 2008 animated film, The Waltz with Bashir, set during the 1982 Israeli invasion of Lebanon. As always, I'm joined by Mike A. Yo. Mike B. Yep. And Nate. We're watching The Patriot next week, Mike. <laughs> it did not. Goodbye. It did not. It did not. <laughs> it did not hold up. Patriot. You get oh, there. Oh, wait. Did you watch it recently? Huh? Did you watch it again recently? You just said it did not. No, hold no, up. no, 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 no. I told you if I didn't like Walter Bashir, I we were watching Patriot next week. That is the hey, deal. Who's the announcer? Who's the announcer that's doing the intro? <laughs> Let's get his name first. Well, Penis. Well, now that we've put you know the cart in front of the horse, what do you guys think? What's your name? What? Oh, what's your name? Right. I haven't named myself in any of them. <laughs> Have you not realized that? <laughs> <laughs> but you say it enough, so. They'll figure it out. Yeah, okay. All right. So Bri Bri, our, our our announcer and introduction expert. So. so So what what you go ahead, Brian. What did you think of it? Um so I've always struggled with things that aren't film as far as movies. I hate anime. Don't get me wrong, I, I respect it if people like it and stuff. I really have always stayed away from that. It's not because I think it's like cartoony or whatever, but like it's just not for me. Nani? So going going into this, you know, I really respect Mike's opinion, and I, I wanted to watch it, you know, because he's talked about it a lot and stuff. And, like, within the first five minutes, I didn't even realize it was animated. And uh, I really liked it. I, I really, really liked it. Like, it's um, it really struck a chord with me. Um, it's just, and I'll get into it later on, but it's just a really good film that talks about one man's path, finding out his own trauma. Um uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I did watch it today. I ran out of time. So unfortunately my thoughts aren't as processed as I want them to be, but just the raw emotions of it, it was just very powerful. It's, if there's anything that's art that I've watched in a while, it's this, it's a very art house film. You know, it, it it's definitely a war film at the same time, but it's just like every frame is a painting. It's just really well done. It's very well thought out. Um, and again, it just, it does an animated war film really well. It, I was really worried about it becoming the Liberator, which is a piece of trash, and <laughs> it wasn't that at all. You know, very was, very subtly put. It was very cool. And I love there's yeah. so amazing transitions for like the, the the span of time, like where the they have the one Merkaba. By the way, I love Merkabas, that fucking Israeli tank. I'd look it up to see if they're actually in this war. And they were. They came out in '79. So cool, really cool to see it in the film. But we had the one tank crew over the refugee camp. And they have the passive time by like it turns black, you see flares, and then you know it's day again. It was just really cool. You really you can do that with film, but you can get away with a lot more with animation and stuff. So it was just it was really really well shot, and I I really enjoyed it. So, passing the talking pillow to Mike B, what do you think? Um, yeah. So the animation thing, um, I it's my own personal thing. I could not get over it. But like Brian said, it it wasn't bad at all. Like it was actually pretty good. Um, I I really like the more the film went on. I wanted it to be real. Like I wanted it to like 
show actual like people. And like, if it would have been real, it would have been a different thing, of course, because the artistic, you know, part of like all the, I'm not digging, I'm not dogging on the art work and the, the illustrations and the, the artists that were involved in doing that. It's just that, um, I wanted it because the story was very strong to be like, just real. I think it could be more relating to people or relative to people. If it was actually people, because when, so example, uh, for example, when, when he was sitting down talking to people and they were, it was kind of an interview, um, situation, right. And even though it wasn't meant to be like that, they just started opening up and like whatever. And it's like, I could see that in the animation, but it's like, if it was an actual person, it would have been so much fucking better in my opinion. It's again, my opinion because it was so fucking real. Like the, 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 uh, the writing was real. The, uh, spoken parts were very real, very deadpan, which is real when you're talking to combat vets. It's just matter of fact, it is what it is. Blah, blah, blah. It's not like this, this, this like overly dramatic. Oh yeah. It's just, no. So I remember this and then as they're narrating it and then it's showing what happened, it, you know, and then part of me goes, yeah, it should have been animated because in his mind, it was animated. It was not a real thing. It was nothing that happened. And so I get that. I get that metaphor, the overall, the overarching metaphor. Um, and then with all the situations that happened, we'll get into that more, but like overall, I really fucking wish it would have been in real life, but it might not have been as good. And so that's where I'm kind of torn overall of the animation. And then, but the writing was good. And the, the, uh, the, the, the voiceover was very good too. And the writing mixed with that was like, it was very believable and very, it was very deadpan. Like I said earlier, but like, that's what makes it believable. It's like, Oh, we, was I with you on this? Well, you might've been, but like, yeah, I mean, we, we were down here in this area. Like who knows, you know, if you don't remember how the fuck am I supposed to remember every detail and who I was with? Cause I don't remember exactly who was with me on certain things, you know, in theater. I don't remember that. And it's like, that's very real, you yeah, know, that's what, that's one of the, just to interrupt you for a second. That was one of the biggest things that I, I love about it is that it's not like, you know, Oh, let me tell you about my experiences in the war. It's like it's fuzzy. Like it doesn't. It it's it's all jumbled, messed in his. It's mind. trying to put that puzzle together. Right. Yeah. And and it's really like sometimes you, you're like you're onto something. Somebody's talking, and then all of a sudden it's like, uh, well, that really didn't have anything to do with me. You know, it's like fuck. Okay, so how do I? What's up with this recurring dream? It was. It was. It was overall. It was pretty interesting to see and like delve into the mind of somebody who's been in a really fucked up conflict. So, um, for for the opening statement, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Nate, uh, sorry, I got I was reading. Um, I, I'm just joking with you, Mike. A, it, it was fine. So, <laughs> I, I just that's, I that's I just I just say. wanted to get I just wanted you I just wanted you to see a rile out of you. Uh, Dude, I was, I was, well, no, I, if you really didn't like it, I would respectfully listen to you because I do like to hear other people's views on things. But I would also say that <laughs> I'm I, full of I, shit. You're that's wrong. Okay, yeah, okay that's right. fine. Um, I mean, you voted off the island. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, now we vote you off. Um, 
please. I mean, it was it was very interesting. I I I, I was kind of uh, I went in with kind of a a, a biased um, I went in this with a biased opinion because I was forced to watch this back in animation school and I just hated it because it was like it was being I had to watch like clips of it in a amphitheater like in a like a like a hall and it was just like the worst clips of examples for this film so I was kind of like oh I don't want to watch this this is like bringing back painful memories um but no it, it's it, it what everyone has said is I, I wholeheartedly agree with I guess the one thing I could talk about that I know kind of really well is the animation style you know this was um in 2000 uh I think it was released in 2008 and it took four years to make so they started production in 2004 um, it's a combination. A lot of people think it's rotoscoped. It's actually not. It's um, a rotoscoping is when you you draw over live footage and you you do frame by frame animation. This was yeah, it's not that. Yeah, no. This is um, flash animation combined with 3D assets on top of it or below it, and then they draw over over top of it. Um, it's it's very very interesting the way they they kind of uh, do it. And the great thing to kind of talk about well, i think what brian and mike be both said it animation allows you to get you know shots and angles and do things you normally can't do within live film that makes it a very unique storytelling uh um device i guess device yeah. um you know it's it's um i i thoroughly enjoy I mean, everyone was kind of said everything i was thinking about it i mean you know it it it, it is i i i to kind of go off of what might be said i would have loved to see this in live action um you know it's a very unique uh way of telling a story and and the thing and i i thoroughly enjoyed it um i i had a hard time i did have a hard time with it keeping my attention um and mm -hmm. just because my attention span is slow <laughs> If there's no midway, <laughs> midway CG boom booms, like my brain goes, uh, but that's just me. Um, you know, it, I, I really liked it. Although it almost made me turn it off within the five minutes of a dog being shot. Fuck you. Yeah, that was, that really was hard. hard. That was hard. I was like, don't, 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 don't fuck. So, but that thing's happening. I know. I know. <laughs> Human suffering is a lot easier for at least me to bear than animalistic suffering. So. I understand it. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's because uh, with animals, they don't understand what's happening to them, whereas yep. a human does. I think that's... Uh, yeah. Like the one guy with the horse. And, like, yeah, the you know, horse. They were talking about yeah. it. And, like, he was looking at this as, like, a, yep. a long day trip. And then when he saw that it was in front of him, then he couldn't deal with it. You know? Like, yeah, you know, and it's like, what brings you into your trauma? You know, like, what's the thing that breaks you? And that happens a lot. You know, you, people are strong and then they get put in these crazy situations because at the end of the day, like trauma is surreal. It's the surreal thing that you're experiencing that you don't know how to process. And that's what leaves a wound, you know, in your psyche and stuff. And that's like PTSD and things. It's just like when you're watching crazy fucking shit happening, you, you don't know what to do, how to react, and what to happen. It's a pretty horrible analogy, but it's, it's true. There's a lot of people that like, you know, went to the downtown Manhattan on 9-11 to see the the towers on fire and there was a bunch of people filming you know the towers burning but there was one guy who was filming the reactions and it's just incredible you know there's people working you know about their day and just they all have the same look of just like what is going on what is this and like that's the look of real horror of real trauma 
absorbing an event as it occurs. You have no reaction. You're just absorbing it. You know, the reaction comes later. Mm-hmm. Um, well, t- when it comes to, I mean, talking about surreal and stuff like that, uh, that's one of the things that I love about how, why they decided to animate this movie. Cause there's a lot of, it's very surreal. And um, I don't think that would have worked uh, in live action. I wouldn't have been able to take it seriously if they had these surreal moments in live action. I, but uh, I, I disagree with that. I think, really? uh, yeah, I think, I think you could, I, the one shots that I was dying for live action was the whole like repeat of the flares and the getting out of the water and, and that whole thing. Like I, hundred percent i think you could do this whole thing live action and still get that thing it'd be hard to get the angles of the same thing because you know you're gonna have to rely on technology but i i i I don't think not 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 that i'm saying the that that you know the animation doesn't have its own allure to the style and the and the out and the um and the take you get on watching it but i think you could absolutely i think you could actually do it in live action and still get the same agreed no i i will I mean, okay, we'll never know because right, I'm right, right, do a live right. action of yeah. this. But right. uh, I, it really works for me. I mean, it is a graphic novel come to life, and um, yeah, and there's a lot of very it's 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 uh it's artistic, it's unique. I mean, with the story, it's it's not a traditional just war story. It's very unique right. with what it's doing. Um, yeah. Like I say, artistic and just the animation is in, insane. Like it's so good in my opinion, and um, mm-hmm. and you can what, what's what's great about this so. The movie was written and directed by Ari Fullman, who stars in it as himself. And he it's it's like a biographical film about himself. Mm-hmm. It's like do- documentary. It's like a documentary, but animated. And um, you can just tell that with everything put into this, from the writing, the directing, and even like the animators, that this is all very personal to them. Like they lived this. Like you can. Tell oh yes. Them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's can... it's very yeah. It's it's very deep. Mm-hmm. It's very it's 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 gritty and it's um like I was saying in the uh, kind of opening statement is like yeah these guys are talking and they're they're actually talking about an experience that they had that was fucked up and they're doing it in a way that's realistic. They're you know that yeah you know. oh yeah there were just so many great quotes from it too um, and also to add to the good animation it was great music when I heard OMD playing oh my god that was awesome. Like I haven't, one, I haven't heard them in ten years, and two, I, like I want to make a movie in the '80s because I forgot how amazing that music is, especially like '80 mm-hmm. to '84. But um, my favorite quote from it is the terrible silence of death. You know, when they shoot up that yeah. Mercedes that shows up um, on the beach, and it's it's so true. Yep, they just landed. You yep. know, and it's like yep. again, you can't put your finger on the eeriness of, of, of loss or death, but it just it has a smell, it has a taste, it has a feel, and it was just it was just so good. <laughs> You know, it's so refreshing. And again, somebody that's like, I hate anime. I will not watch anime. Like, everything that's like that, I think it's like the Avatar The Last Airbender. It's just trash. But this changes my opinion on that. You know, it can be done really well with the right dedication and the right, you know, allotment of time. Because that's crazy it took four years to make. Um, You know, but I see definitely the quality of it. I'll, I'll ignore the fact you just shit on Last Airbender, but, you know, that's fine. Oh, do you like that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not know, a weeb, Nathan, but I, I like listen, it. Listen. Yes, you hey, are. No, I'm not. <laughs> a broken clock is right twice a day. It's okay. Yeah, that's fine. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. No, like, um, um, oh. uh, just to kind of go to kind of go something that I did take away that I thought was, there were two scenes that really stuck out, which I thought was funny because they're not very, um, 
well, maybe one is, but the other one isn't, uh, is the red car where they're doing everything to try to hit it and they, and they yep. can't, or they just don't. And it just keeps going, causing more and more destruction as they try to, you know, take it out. Um, that was very prolific to me. And then the other thing that I thought was really funny and also a very good detail was how the tank driver just runs over cars Hits the side of the buildings, crumbles it up, yep. backs it up into the other building. I laughed so hard at like, that. Yeah, I know like, so many vets to talk about that. Same. Yeah, like, I was gonna bring yeah, that up, yeah, but yeah. like, yeah. yes, exactly. Like, I, I yes. went. That's they've been. They I know love how the vision that, port like just goes like this. yeah, and then goes like, you know? goes, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, like like it is a hundred percent what I've heard from vets and, and 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 every and what you see in combat, you know, in, in footage on places there. And it's, it's very, very, but you know that the fact that they put that in there, you're like, okay, someone's definitely experienced. Well, and these guys were so inexperienced, yeah. you know, at that point, And they were just like, Oh, I guess we're in combat now. Like, Oh, and yeah, the, that shit happens all, even with the U S military, yeah. it happens all the yeah, time. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter how good your military is. It, it fucking happens. And, they portray that like, yeah, he's like you said, run over cars that backs into a fucking building, just you know, fucks up the entire front of it. Just, just and, 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 then, and he know, takes that corner, like he just destroys the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, destroys yeah. the corner. It's like Jesus, man. I, but like, I knew yeah, it's tank destroyer vet that they had a Hellcat that got really fucked up and it had a really hard time taking left hand turns. So finally, they like fucking drove into a house and they had to take a left hand turn to get out of the house. So they just left the tank. They got a new one. So, like, that shit happens, yeah. you know, more than people would expect. And it's fucking just hysterical. But, talking about, like, yeah, those experiences in this movie, they feel so real because, even though it's animated, they feel so, you know, de- de- real in their detail because the filmmakers of this movie, like, they were they they were the soldiers in this movie. Like, the, these guys yeah, exactly. were actually in yep. the IDF. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, they were yeah. in this war. Yeah. And you can tell yep. that, it, this, like I say, this movie is very personal to them. Like, this is, like... This is about as close as you can get to, like, just, you know, filmmakers making their life, you know, their experiences in the war. No, that's exactly it. Like, that's why, like, my bitch and gripe is that it, this sort of thing is what, what I want to see, like, made with all these, you know, like, real things. Because it's not bogus, you know? I want it to be shown as it was experienced by people who were there or, you know, people had done research, blah, blah, blah. This was something that like overall, I think they, they, they really sold it short by making an animated version of this. And again, I get why they did it. I get that. And this is just my opinion. If they would have made this an actual, you know, f- like film, not animated, um, it would have been well, a lot more expensive, first of all. And like, you know, and I get that, but like, what I'm saying is like, you don't see films about war made by people who were there ever. You really don't like, and if you do, they're, they're cringe because they get Hollywood influence. This didn't have that. Right. And it was like the, the writing and the, the, the story was so good. It was just like, I, I wish they could, because at the end, Obviously, spoiler alert, Jesus Christ, our whole fucking podcast is a spoiler alert. But, like, at the end when they go into the real, like... Because I, I one of the most impactful scenes for me was um, the main character at the end being on that bridge and seeing these people coming out. 
yeah, that, in his face. That, that shot of the woman's heads that go, that yeah, that, the back of the women that, yeah. You know, and it, if that was if that was an actual, like, if that was real footage, like they showed at the end, it would have been so much more impactful, I think. That's, again, my opinion. Okay. But it, it just, like, to see that look and to, to have him, who was a veteran of that conflict, be able to coach that actor and be like, this was my look. And, like, you know, this is what I was feeling at this point. And to get it right, I think that... It's just an isolated example of, you know, the realistic thing. But, like, it, I just think that I love the story. I love the fucking writing. I love everything. I just wish this would have been a film. Yeah, I, know, I know you like the animation, I, I, and I get that. But, like, it's just, it was so good that I think that it sold itself short. Okay. For just being an animated the, the, film. It's a personal preference for you. Is what you're saying. Correct. Yeah, okay. Correct. The, the, Correct. The, yep. the other thing I was just going to say is that the, um, the, the, even though like, you know, you could do that and it doesn't, it doesn't take away the fact that that shot is pretty, pretty jaw dropping in that sense of oh, yeah. the way they, they, they go yep. about it. And, and I think they did a fantastic job and I think that's one of the benefits of animation. Mm -hmm. The other benefit of animation, is I think, and the way I, I really think why they went with animated versus any kind of live action would be to have full and utter control of the influence of the film. Meaning that I think if I, I feel like I feel like if you go to a producer, especially in Hollywood, and you say, I have an art animation piece that I want to make, they go, go for it. But I feel like if you say, like, I have a live action interpretation of this thing, they go, Okay, we want to make sure we go over this, and make sure you do this, and make sure you do this. We have ideas for sure. this because I think it's a medium that they understand, or they they think they understand. Versus animation, they're like you do, you artist, we trust you. So I think I feel like with with the with one of the reasons I at least I think that they would would want to, they push through animation as well as it being cheaper, but also the fact that I think they have to kind of bounce off your point, Mike, is that yeah. they have full control yep. to have their full influence onto the project to get all those details right. And to do et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and I, I think it, I think it works out extremely well uh, for the film in general. Yeah, it's not like it didn't work. No, at no, all. no. I know like that. I'm just, just kind of bouncing off. The it wor it worked so well that it's like it worked so well that I wanted to Same. see this in real yeah. life. Like, that's the thing is like it's like fuck, this was really good, and like all all the stories and everything, and like all the things leading up, and just yeah, it was. Yeah, and if you could almost do shot for shot for the animation and let the animation be its own storyboard, you'd have a movie right there. Well, and some of the animations didn't look like animations. Yeah, you know, like some of them didn't. I was like, oh, they're actually going to real footage. Oh wait, no. And I'm like, oh, it's still an animation. Once they zoom in or they cut the yeah. shot, and I'm like, oh, because that looked very real because it's from a distance. It was cool and how they conveyed certain movements of people and things with the animation. I really hadn't seen that before. Like, have they changed perspective and think? Because there's a few times where, like, a character will turn, and just the way they turn just looks like it's been filmed, like it has not been drawn. It was just very, very cool. It, what, it, it, right. it, what, it right. was, from what I read, it was made into a 90-minute film out of live action, but, like, you know, probably without any, like, set pieces or anything, but for all the references of everything they wanted to do. Like the the the, the characters' yeah, movements, and, like and, the close ups, and, and, and probably yeah. the composition as well to a certain extent. And then they made yeah. they kind of did a reverse thing where they took it from live action to storyboards and animatics, and then they used that and then went forward with flash animation, 
classic animation and uh, and little bits of 3D as well. Okay, that that makes sense. Yeah, because that's kind of what you can you can pick up on that if you look closely. Yeah. And there's a lot of things where I was like, that's natural body movement. Like that's not an animation. Because like in a lot of the film, you can tell it's animation, right? They're just moving. It's kind of choppy and shit, whatever. But like, there's somewhere I'm like, I, I forgot. You know the whole what's it called when they they draw over rotoscoping. Rotoscoping. Okay, you could tell there was some of that. You could tell like with the close-ups of like the way that people moved and like they were walking away and just like walking in general, like the very close-ups. You could tell there was some of that, and I'm like, well, that that's kind of weird because. It's animated, yes, but it looks more real than certain other parts from, of the from film. What, from what I read, it's 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 actually they didn't do any rotoscoping. They did, they, sure. they well well they they did they did they 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 used it as references, but then they fully that yep. like if, I think I know one of the shots that you might be talking about. It's like when the the van passes and that girl is walking down the road. And it's a very close up of the Galil and him, yeah. and it almost looks like rotoscoping, but it's it's. I, I thought it was rotoscoping, but there was stuff that just a reference. It was. I think it's a it's <clears throat> a drawn shot with 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 some animation within it, but I think it's mainly pivoting on a either three D object and or being depth perception manipulated within the face to make yeah. it look like it's moving. Because rotoscoping has a very unique look when you draw it, it has almost looks like squiggly well, some aspects of rotoscoping have a lot of people do squig like they'll they'll do sketches and drawings of every single frame and you can sometimes see shifts in that and it kinda looks like stuff's yeah. like kinda wiggling. I didn't see any of that, which is what was always throwing me off. No, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see that either. So that's that's what I'm asking too. Is like, I'm um, I'm praising it because it's like, um, a lot of the animations looked very real, and if they didn't use rotoscoping, like that's really fucking good. That's probably why it took four years. Yeah. But like, with a budget of, it's, uh, it, I think two million. I think they. I think it said two I million. So yeah, two two that's million it? dollars. Do you, do you want? Jesus. I think I I looked up how much it made. Let me find that. Yeah, I know. Uh, won a ton of awards. Uh, uh, oh yeah, uh, Ari Fullman. Uh, this is the only movie he's ever done. I think he's uh, making something else. I saw a little article. He, he on is. That. Yeah, yeah. They, they he's been trying to do other things, but this is the only like real thing he's ever done huh. as a filmmaker. Worldwide. It's funny too because he God. references yeah, like, it was him being a filmmaker in the. Uh, in it yeah. it's like oh don't film my, me and my child which was kind of a strange comment by the way <laughs> but you can draw them but not film uh well yeah. worldwide is uh it made 11 million dollars wow that's fucking nine million bucks profit jesus he could sit on that laurels for a while before he makes his next work <laughs> but like no seriously it's really good and like getting over my bitch about the animated part like um yeah what what so I've said a scene that's impactful. Um, I think Nate has said scenes that were, imp or was it Brian? Oh, oh, what one um, more impactful thing I thought was really funny. If you look at, um, I watched this on YouTube, and the most uh, clicked to section of the movie was the porno scene where the officer keeps making of a fast forward, yeah. and I was like, really? <laughs> Really? That was so unexpected. <laughs> Jesus. And very yeah, that, that part's a little like comedic. Uh, it's like, why am I watching strange. 1980s German Why not? Why not like the woman who comes Israeli out of the water if you want if you want to touch yourself, not the weird <laughs> fast forward like da yeah, yeah yeah. Like it was weird. I think it was my big a, tool. My moment. big tool. <laughs> yeah. Um well, I mean in terms of like moments that are real 
impactful for me. Um, I love the scene where he's talking to the uh, the psychiatrist and she talks about the photographer. Uh, I like that a lot. Um, I like the whole ending sequence in the orange, you know, with the whole with the the massacre and all that stuff. It's just in that orange hue. Um, I really like uh, the stuff where he talks about, you know, uh, he talks <laughs> he he talks about, you know, like when he's at home and he's his girlfriend dumped him right before he deployed. And then, yep. yeah, and then, like you said, his ultimate, he was, right when he was going to war, his ultimate fantasy was that he would be killed because it would be the ultimate fuck you to her. And uh, I thought that was yep. really interesting. Um, but uh, I don't know, like, there's so many things in the movie that I love so much in terms of how they're done and the, the messages and stuff that, uh, yeah, I, uh, I like the whole thing, honestly. One thing that stuck with me was um, the tanker story. When he talks about like you always feel safe in a tank, and I've been lucky enough to like have played with a lot of tanks in museums and stuff, and it's so true. When you're driving or you're in a tank, you feel like the fucking man. You're in a fucking you know however many ton armored vehicle. You got like fucking guns out the galore. Like it's just it's very manly, I'd say. And then it takes a Panzerfaust or something stupid, and it's all on fire, and it's over, and you're vulnerable. You're outside. What the fuck? Like you know, it's just it was very cool to see that, and I like this whole story arc too, because like. Again, to touch on the whole, you know, trauma is surreal thing. When things seem the most out of place, they seem the most in place. When things are like out of sorts, so crazily, you kind of find peace and calm into it. And like I saw that with his arc where he was in the ocean and he was just like just letting it wash over them and just being in this situation. He never would have thought that his tank would have burned up. He would have survived the ambush. He would find himself in the fucking, you know, Mediterranean like out of the blue, like nobody starts off the day thinking that the things that are going to happen to them happen to them. Right. So it's just about letting the event wash over you and just, just, you know, become one with it. Like that's just true understanding. Kind of like, it's not too good of a movie, but there's good parts of it. Like in lone survivor where like, he finally realizes that like he's on his own and like, this is happening, you know? And it's like, you can either get with the kind situation. Yeah. It, it, you find calm in the craziness, you know, again, like things are so out of whack that you find reasoning you find understanding in that and that's just very powerful to me because that's just again like what trauma is like you're in this so fucked up situation that if you can just find commonality with one thing then you you get it you know and 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 to to go off of that scene that you're talking about where uh they bail out of the tank and the Mm -hmm. you know they get shot as they're running towards the beach and then he hides behind that rock and he goes yeah i felt like my guys abandoned me you know that was very relatable to me because like I had a lot of those same sentiments uh, when I was deployed and it's like, yeah, so that shit happens in every single fucking war, no matter where you are, what you're doing, all that shit. It's like, you feel like you're, you're left alone. And then, you know, it, it's kind of like the um, juxtaposition of like, well, he feels calm and then he goes, well, I feel like I abandoned them. You know, it's like, well, no, <laughs> But like, yeah, it, but, but no, I get it. Like, it, it makes sense. And that's why I, I like it because it touches on a lot of really deep things. And yeah, these guys are Israelis in, in 1982. Doesn't fucking matter. It's like every single soldier in every single war goes through the same shit, right? You could talk to the fucking Lebanese and the Palestinians that were fighting against them. They would say the same shit. After all the brainwashing and like the hype is over, the war is over, 
they start to think and it's like, oh shit, this guy just thought about it while he was there. You know, like, oh, my guy's just fucking abandoned me and oh, I abandoned them. When, and it's like, yeah, it's pretty profound. When you really boil it down, at the end of the day, all of these guys' stories and every combat vet story of dealing with trauma is the weight of responsibility. I should have been in that tank <laughs> yep. and died with those men. I why wasn't I there? I let them down because I wanted to live because I ran fast. I could have done more. I, did a I could have done more. Exactly. Yep. You know, you 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 can never be whole with these kinds of things. You know, and I think it was really right. cool with Bashir too. Because his trauma was basically pent up in the fact that you were a camp guard. You were associating yourself with with not being a perpetrator, but helping this event occur, you know, and that's what made you forget everything. That's what blotted this whole horrible series of events out because you couldn't accept the responsibility that you had in a massacre, just like your parents survived one. You know, so that's what it all comes down to, I think, with all these guys and why they are just, you know, burying these things. It's just the weight of responsibility. <clears throat> yeah. Um, one uh, part of the movie that's really, I mean, there's the, the, the uh, basically what's the titular part of the film is when the guy picks up the machine gun and walks across the street with it. The 240 yeah. or the, the mag, the yeah. mag. Yeah. And um, one part I like, uh, th this, I thought this, this puts you, this really shows you like, the part of the world where this stuff happens and uh the reporter is talking about you know when i was you know i'm moving down the street there's bullets and stuff going everywhere and he says and then the buildings on the other side of the street the soldiers are all taking cover in the stretch the buildings on the other side of the street are like apartment buildings and the the the, the civilians are just sitting out on the terraces like watching it yep. like it's a movie or something it's just like wow that's that's do you know that, that that's just like normal for them you know <laughs> Right, yeah, of course. There's this great memoir called Black Edelweiss. It's about a German machine gunner who was in the 6th SS Nord Gravesjäger Division in Finland. And later in the Second World War, the Finns basically, you know, joined the Allies and they were fought against the Germans to push them out of the country. So it was the Lapland War and they were, you know, getting pushed out to Norway. Well, he's a really cool story in this chapter where they were along a river and it was the border of Sweden and Finland. And they were going along this river and the Finns attacked them. It was like four in the morning. And so they set up their machine gun and they're fighting with the Finns. And all of a sudden across the river, all these lights start co popping up. And it's all these villagers that live nearby and they were watching the war. So as the sun was rising, like Finns were dying as they were attacking these SS guys. It was a huge, crazy battle on one side of the river. And the other side of the river is like a bunch of people in pajamas watching. And he writes about this in the book. And he was like, it was fucking insane. Because like I could have turned the machine gun like this and killed half the town. You know? And it's like they're just right. watching us. And so... Yeah, it's crazy how like you know people will do that in these certain situations. Right, like you know? it, it's it's risky, you know, because otherwise like, there's bullets flying. Anything could just happen. Mm -hmm. But like they're so used to it that they're just uh, well, they're they're shooting at each other. They're not going to shoot at us. Like yeah, we could get hit by something, but probably not. If, you know exactly. It'd be my neighbor. <laughs> you never expect that shit to happen to you. You know, right? It's yeah. always somebody else. Right. Fucking crazy. But that though, that's one of the things that that's great about this movie. Honestly, it's just that it shows. How just the, the the such bizarre things that happen, you know, in the war, like that, you know, like driving down, and uh, you know, through a field and just shooting your machine gun for no reason. Well, that part, I see. Here's the thing: I I don't know the IDF's fucking um, protocol. A, you have a limited number of ammunition in a one one three. B, it gives away your position. It makes everybody know that you're coming. C. That could also be a fucking, the way it was remembered. 
of just like going out. They might have shot a couple times right. at somebody but not or something. Just cyclical the whole time, yeah. No, uh, your gun's gonna overheat too. Like that's yeah, fucking fire that much, not you're gonna get red. Oh, really quick. Like people don't people don't realize like these guys do because they were there, but like they don't realize or people don't realize how fucking fast gun barrels heat up. And when they heat up, guess what? The rifling starts it starts flexing and it makes your your weapon less accurate. And it that's only after like 200 rounds, which is not that many rounds. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it, so yeah, in reality, he he probably yeah was like maybe shooting a couple times, but the fact that like they, he doesn't even know what, what at you know it's just the fact well, that he just shoot. That's what know? I mean, like, and that's the way he probably remembered it is like we just sat there and shot the whole time because whatever, you know. And that's and, what you it, do in a war. That's why you it's shoot, like you know, oh we're over the border, right. we're in a country we're at war, so you shoot at things. Doesn't matter what you know, it just like that. Right, like when they, when they land when they land on the beach in in Beirut or around Beirut, yeah. and then they they kill that fucking car. Two years of training. You know, and then all they can know how <laughs> training, to... training, yeah. training, training, training. Yep. I love that shit. Mm-hmm. Yep, training, and it's like, yeah. When you get there, it's like fucking. What do we do? And you know, somebody does it. But um, from a practical standpoint, that whole thing when they were in the one one three going through the countryside, he might have remembered it that way. But realistically, yeah, it's not how it's gonna go. Right, you don't want to burn your shit out, like. Right, no, and I've thought about that too with this movie. And there, there's a couple th- parts like that, like when they kill the, uh, they kill the boy with the RPG in the, uh, in the. Yeah, that that scene too was very weird because it was like. I like how it was filmed, because like they show the bush. Yeah, thing it was filming the rounds well. instead of like a body absorbing. The yeah, rounds. but like everyone mm-hmm. unloads on him. It's like well, oh, yeah. probably only one guy would have done it, you yep. know, or something. A couple guys, yeah. It's like it's, make sure the threat's down, and then you're done. This whole, like, the whole rage kind of thing. Again, ammunition, when you're out in the field, right, you don't have unlimited ammo. It's not Call of Duty where you can just go back to a resupply. You've what? got what's on you. I know, Bri Bri. Uh, I know. But um, you don't have that. And, like, you're not just going to sit there and fucking just rage fire. Because if you start doing that, your NCO is going to come over and smack you across the head and be like, stop fucking firing and wasting rounds. The threat's done. It's over, like, Jesus Christ. And so, you know, there were a couple of things that were artistic liberty was taken, but, like, I get why they did that, because that might have been in their minds what they wanted to do at that point. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. That might have been... They, they might have wanted to just shoot constantly when they were in the 113, the the AP, the armor personnel carrier, sorry. Um, they might have just wanted to shoot constantly, but they probably didn't in real life. And so that's where it might bleed over into artistic um, liberty versus what actually happened. It's not egregious because most of the film was actually pretty, um, pretty decent. But yeah, just a couple things to point out. Well, and, uh, you know, going off that, the, the part where he shows the, the soldier grabs the machine gun and, and, you know, runs in the middle of the street and just shooting wildly everywhere. Um, you mean, you know, you mean de- dancing. He's dancing, yeah, yeah, yeah basically, yeah. yeah. This was what the title of the film, Waltz with Bashir, yeah. Because yeah, the posters, Bashir, the Lebanese leader that died. The posters died are and, up everywhere, yeah. yeah. But um, yep. he says, and you know, they, they depict it as going on for a while, but he says, you know, in the narration, whether it was an eternity or a few seconds, I don't know. Right, right, ex- yeah. well, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and, that, and I think the way they portrayed it is, realistically, what I think probably might have happened, the guy took the fucking mag, the, the well... Mag 58, yeah, right. 
the, well, for, for our listeners, though, the M240, the predecessor to the M240, and grabbed that fucker, ran out in the middle of the street to go across the road because he was pissed and he was sit, sick of getting shot at, tripped and fell on the brass or the dunnage or whatever the fuck was there, and then just started shooting towards the apartments just to fucking make sure he could get across. Realistically, that's a real situation. Him sitting out in the middle of the road after guys are getting hit and just randomly, wildly firing and dancing, you know, whatever. <clears throat> Artistic, again. It's like, and so that that's fine, like, because they, they explained it and they said whether it was a couple seconds or an eternity, who knows. Yeah, that's fine, but, like, that's the kind of shit that, like, you know, in one guy's mind, like, that guy tripped and, you know, he fell and then got up and started shooting and he's being a dipshit for doing that in the first place. He might have just gotten in his head. Oh, there's a there's a poster of Bashir in the background. Oh, he's dancing. It's a dance of Bashir. And then you know you know what I mean. Like that's how shit like gets into your head. And like this guy's like, oh, I just fucked up and I just fell in the middle of the road where the guys are getting shot under you know in cover, and I'm out in the middle of fucking here. So yeah, that, that's the kind of thing. Like, um, it's fine. It illustrates the point, and I, and I don't actually hate it that much in this film. That's why I like a lot of the. That, that's why I think, in my opinion, a lot of moments like that work with the animation because it is very surreal, you know. And that's uh, that, that it feels right. that way with the with the animation. But you know, it is all animated and everything. Like that, however, all of the. I mean, just to we're talking about all this, you know. Uh, very profound uh, philosophical stuff in the movie that's great that I love. But, you know, other than that, like, with the animation and everything like that, the, the weapons and, like, the gear and the vehicles and stuff look all really well done. Like, it, it looks pretty accurate to me. I love Galils. Yeah, some of, some so it's great to see yeah, a lot of Galils. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. Some of the illustrations were kind of weird, like, scale-wise, but, like, that's fine. You can still tell they were Galils. What was that sniper um, rifle, too? You should probably go to IMFDB. I'm already you know on it. I got it. Oh. All right. <laughs> Share By it. the way, I have this, the... The helmets they were wearing. Ooh, hey, there you cool. go. The M seventy six or light helmet. Very interesting. Had, the army's very. Some, the IDF is cool at this point. They had something wrapped around like the base of it or something like a cover. Yeah, it was. Um, so they, they, it was like the, they did the it with their with fucking the steel helmets too, like the yeah. the M one or yeah, whatever. I'm not gonna pull that down, but like uh, yeah, they they, they would put like a rubber uh, inner tube band around there to hold the cover on. So it wouldn't you see fall that off. like in the Six Day War and everything too, because when the Paris yeah, took over Jerusalem, that's, that's what I was saying. Like, yeah. Well, so my M, my Israeli M one. Hey Nate, is there a way to like zoom in so we can see the pictures bigger as we scroll through them? I need to click on them. Yeah. So Brian, check this out. Yep. Yeah. Late War shrimp net with a. Yep, that's cool. Very similar to an Indochina yeah, helmet is... too. Yeah. It's love it. Yeah, that's what they did. Um but there's in the '80s, there's nothing really else that looks like the uh, Israeli military because they're like very OD and they have a lot of their own stuff. Well, they and, still are. Well, I know, but just for the time, because everybody else was switching to like camouflages and stuff. So, well, no, in '82, like everybody was most most nations were still wearing a solid yeah, color. Woodland was coming in '82. Yeah. Um, well, white tag woodland. Yeah. So Nate, yeah, if you just if you click the yeah, three dots, yeah, up, yeah, I, 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 there we go. Cool. I'll be back in a second. I had, I had to look up what the shortcut Raj. was because I'm a boomer. I'm fucking young and young in here. Yeah. Fucking fe shut up, fetus. <laughs> Fuck yourself, boomer. 
Um, send me your AARP check so I could buy Militaria. You destroyed uh, my economy. Send me, I don't know, something. No. <laughs> Want me to clap too? Nah, you're good. <laughs> I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, fuck, fuck you. Fine. Thanks, <laughs> asshole. I am Spartacus. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Okay, so want to right. jump back into with uh, IMFTV? Yep, we'll do it. Yeah. Yep. I love Galils. They're so fucking cool. Galils are fucking. Uh, and they have a can opener built into the bipod. So how could you not like a gun with a can opener? I mean, I love come it. Come on. Uh, just just to throw out the th uh, wow, rude. Uh, the if you, if you cut that off, I'm gonna I'm, be very I, pissed I, off. Do I look like the man who would cut out a bird? I mean, come 60, on. Sixty forty. It's a anyway, anyway, um, anyway, so the right. Galil. So, yeah. so anyone who said <laughs> <laughs> that made it go to a grinding halt. Uh, the, the, if anyone wants to jump on, we go to IMFDB and we normally go to every single movie and just go down and nerd about all the guns that we nerd about normally when we're not recording ourselves. So, uh, yeah, you can click on the movie and follow us there. So, you guys are saying Galils. I know nothing of Galils other than they are the Israeli gun. That's it. It's like an AK and an AR fucked. And this is what the result was. Actually, some FALs are in FALs. There too, I was going to say, it looks like more like an FALs yeah. thing. They came out in 74, yeah. too late for Yom Kippur. Like, just during, as the war was happening, they were making them. Which is, I think, the war they refer to. What did they have the, before that, then? Uh, they used a lot of Uzis. They had a lot of FALs. They, K98s. Earlier they have K98s. Oh, they, yeah. Earlier they have everything made before 1947. MG, MG34 like, is all stamped with. Yeah, you see a lot of yep, those. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So. And, by, by 82, though, they were they were a little bit more well-equipped. So, yeah, you got yeah. the Galeels there. And the yep. one guy who uh, steals the mag later on, it was funny how when they show him with the Galeel and he's talking about how he doesn't like it, it's smaller it's in his small. hands. Yeah. Because, he, because, no, because he's used to a big gun. Yeah. Yep. That's, that was a good way of showing it. Well, that's, yeah. that's how I felt going from a 240 to an M4 yeah. with the 203 <laughs> yeah. on the bottom. I love that it's image like, well, of the guy in the bathtub, by the way, with the cigar. Oh, it's great. It's awesome. Yeah, with his rifle. Right it's there. cool to see the mansion. And I was like, why do they always have mansions in the Middle East? <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, Saddam yeah, mansions oh, and stuff. This is. Yeah, see, there's a small one. Yeah, it was really cool. That, that's what I was saying yeah. about the scale. They like, did that on purpose. It's because, yeah, you're yeah. supposed to... Yeah, because the mag is bigger. Could do that live action. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yes, you could. <laughs> it's just, it's it's just caught, it just that, caught That's a very fair point, yeah. Brian. That's a very fair point. Yeah, yeah. So. that was the last yeah. shot with Ari Fullman. Love this guy. The, just the yellow... I know, I love orange. that one. Yeah. You, again, it's like how you remember something. It's always like more vivid than how it actually occurred. Yeah. Very it was more, 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 more likely AKMs, but hey, true. It's not an AKM, or it's a Type Two AK. The, the reference. That's photo. that. That right there is an AK forty-seven. Right, yeah. Like the yeah, AKM yeah. is. But you're saying, but you're saying the yeah. pictures, stamped the, the receiver, ones in the pictures or in the stuff. Yeah. You don't really ever see detailed shots of them. You just see silhouettes, so you can't really tell. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't notice the the axe. Yeah. There's no way to tell. Yeah. That one right there. Like, oh, AK forty-seven. It looks like it. Yeah. Is that a? Is that an eye? And that. Oh, it's a cross. Yeah, it's a Balkan okay, Kreutz. Okay. It's a yeah. Balkan Kreutz. Yep. Uh, they're trying to make they're trying to make the uh, Christian guys look like neo Nazis, yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah, blah yeah. blah. We don't have to well, get into that. But like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of history. But Lebanon was fucked because it was just so much infighting and everything in Beirut especially. It's like certain neighborhoods would be Catholic or yeah. you know, um, yep. Muslim and it was very bad or Palestinian. Yep. So apparently That's the rifle they use yeah as an M. M21 sniper rifle. 
So, okay, go down. This is one of the things I wanted to bring up. No. It looks like okay. an M4 or Mini 14 with yeah. a curved mag and everything. No, it looks like a fucking M2 carbine. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I was guess You know what I mean? Like, M14, though, but. This, this, this whole scene sad, was fucked it's sad, up. It's sad. Yeah. It really was. I know. It was so hard to see the dogs getting killed, minus the Farby rifle. It's. <laughs> It, it was yeah. honestly yeah. like it was like well okay I get the whole point but like that's that's gonna be an M1 M2 carbine yeah I love the M21 because though. because of the slant in the back that's what makes me think that so and the carbine for a second so then what what type of uh, rifle with optics would he have the IDF soldier what would he have then well, I think for an M1 or M2 carbine I mean, nothing okay I know what I'm saying. What type of sniper rifle would an IDF soldier in 1982? Okay, so go up. I think the M21. M21. Yeah, it's okay, just a okay. yeah. so, version of it. Yeah. They got they got M14s from the United States. Okay, so at that, this point, that part's right. It's just that the rifle is is not correct. That, that's drawn. In the yeah, movie. the illustration is very wrong. Okay, I wonder if and, they used yeah, the they would have had the M21. Well, what the art scope, which is the Vietnam War scope. Eh, at this point, they would have probably they were getting sh- better shit than that. Yeah, well, I just wonder because eighty two is an interesting time. Well, it's like funny because in this illustration, that looks like an M fourteen or an M twenty one rather, um, and then go down, Nate. That's not M twenty one. That's that's just yeah. They it, 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 pseudo. It's rifle. not even a real weapon. <laughs> pseudo. It's not even rifle. a real. Yeah. It's like an M two mixed with a fucking AK mixed with a fucking M fourteen. They did use uh, a variation of the M14 as a sniper rifle that used the art scope early on. So, but they also had a bigger yeah, version of the scope. Oh, and an interesting stock. Sure. That had like a uh, a cheek rest. Yeah, but not in here. So they fucked up yeah. on that. They shit the bed on that. Yes. That was another thing I was going to bring up. End of story. One out of ten. Whatever. Terrible movie. Didn't get it. Yeah, right. the Mag 58. Go watch the Midway. Yeah, go watch Midway. <laughs> Better accuracy in Midway. Yeah. Yep, that's what the Israeli one looked like. Pretty cool, dude. Um, yeah, the there. the Mag fifty eight. Wow, Brian. Yeah, that's wow, a... Brian, ping my phone. Jesus. No. <laughs> uh, the fucking burp fault. is louder. Good. Yeah, Mag fifty eights are hot. Um, but yeah, dude, the two forty or like what we know is a two forty is a Mag fifty eight. It's just two forty with a Woodstock aesthetic and no fucking rail kit. <laughs> now, right. that, I think the, well, the still, barrel change is different. It's gonna handle. Is that is that is that, is that what? French? I, th- I think the 240 has a different. That's Belgian. Belgian. FN. Okay. I think the 240 has a different. FN is Belgian. Barrel quick release than the Mag 58. No, it doesn't. I'm looking at this fucker right now. It's got the handle right underneath the carry oh, handle, I mean, where you pull up on there and then. The Bravo bam. versus the um, the 58 version. I I'm, I think I believe so. I could be wrong, but I think. I think you're wrong. Yeah. I don't also know either, but like from what I'm looking at at this picture of the Mag 58. It's the same thing where you fucking rotate the fucking, you pull that um, uh, little trigger thing, you rotate it to the left, and then you fucking push it off. It looks exactly the same as on a 240. It's crazy, too, about the Mag 58, because it's you know came out in the late 50s, and it's been used everywhere. Vietnam. It's a fucking, fucking awesome oh, yeah. fucking weapon, dude. I mean... Besides uh, the 50 cal, dude. it's probably one of the only, um, you know, like, long-lasting service... Light machine guns, and there's no reason to replace them. Wrong. Uh, the MG3 Wrong. or MG42. And for people that don't know, Wrong. by the way, uh, Mike carried a 240 in Iraq. So the Mads? No, I actually did not in Iraq. No, nope. Oh, I thought you carried it in Iraq. Nope, carried it when I got back. Well, fuck um, me. before before I, Fort I went Carson, to though. Iraq. Yeah, well, not not Fort Carson, Fort Living Room. <laughs> um, 
but no, um, but I'm very familiar with the the 240 Bravo, um, because yeah, I carried it for a long time. But like, uh, what the hell were you gonna say? Nate? I was gonna say uh, you're wrong. The Madsen LMG is the longest style oh, light machine well, gun Patro- still Patron in service in Brazil. In Brazil. It's a little bit different than like you know the best belt action made in well, the last century. But anyway, uh, no, the 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 Mag 58. It's really fucking heavy, honest to God. It's, it, the gripes I have is it's really heavy. It's not good to carry it as a fucking infantryman. It's not good. The M60 was a lot more comfortable. The uh, Even the fucking MG42 or the MG3 is more comfortable. However, when you're shooting the Mag 58, that thing is fucking awesome. It's so accurate, reliable, and the feel of it is like, there's not a lot of, I mean, there is recoil, but like, it's not that much. You can control it very easily. It distances up to a, a thousand fucking meters. You can fucking engage targets accurately with that thing. Not, not, and, is, that, is that the way the, the, um, the, the, the system is designed where it's not having like, like for example, like the, the, the struggle I have with like MG 40, MG 34s and MG 42s is that there's so much mass moving in the back. Like, like within the internal system to make it have a lot of recoil because all that weight moving back and forth is it the same? It, I, I, I've never, I've never shot either one of those, so I, I don't know. How well, to compare. Have, have you shot? Uh, not really, Nate. It's, no. it's, it's not like a, a multi-sectional bolt. It's, okay. you know, it, it's, it's really well done. And again, it was built off of the forty twos and all the World War Two right, 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 machine right. Guns, right. You know, no, it looks like it has the same, it has the same internal, internal mechanism kind of design to it. Because I mean. Yeah. yeah. Um it's everything it's, copied yeah, everything of. copied the thirty fours and the forty twos after World War Two. Yeah, but they simplified it and they made it more streamlined and you know whatever and like well, it's like an M sixty is like an F G forty two melded with a fucking M or M G forty two. F G forty two. Yeah, F G and an M G, yeah, yeah. You know, so Yep. But that is now the Browning the M two, yes, that that's been exported. That's one of the most exported fucking small arms. It's almost hundred years old that's, now, I think. Yeah. Uh yeah, nineteen twenty one. Yeah. So yeah, it's over 100 years wow. old. Yeah. I love that image of and him on it. The mod deuce. Yep. Dude, pew, that pew, fucking pew, gun. Pew. I've shot a lot of guns, haven't been infantry, right? That motherfucker. I've shot a Mark 19, right? That thing scared me because I thought it was going to blow up. It's like not good. This fucking gun, when I shot that thing, gave me a fucking semi chug. <laughs> at least. That's what I've heard. Yeah. I'm not shooting. The M2 is a fucking. Dude, the power, when you feel the power that you have behind that thing and you hit targets at like a half a mile away, yeah, your dick gets a little bit hard. A little bit. I remember, and uh, I remember in the documentary. It's just. I remember in the documentary, um, uh, Restrepo, that's one of the, what one of the soldiers talks about. Yeah. He, he talks about how, like. Yes. Yeah, yes. He, he says that is the sexiest gun I've ever fired, ever. I think those are his and words. It's slow it rate is, of fire. It's just. Uh, when you hear an original Dude, footage and stuff, it's, it's so, so cool. fucking like the NM2. Yeah, that's fine, but like you can't as as an infantryman, as one guy, you cannot handle it on the NM2 fire rate. It just doesn't work. Um, with with, with that with thing though, plunging fire is that at all? Is that at all like able to do that? I'm not sure to be honest. What? Could could fifty cal and plunging fire? Yeah, that's could, more of a yeah. Could the M two do plunging fire, or is it more like that's like a, a hell mary full of grace kind of option for that? I've never really heard of it done. I never was trained okay. for that, so Th- I there's don't know. no I don't optical know. sight they ever made for fifty yeah. cal to do that. Because the arc two, you have to think of the round. Yeah, like 
you know, you can easily turn a, a 30 at six or something into a, you know, like a well, parabola or whatever it's called, but it's. Yeah, I, I don't know, like, what you're. Plunging fire, yeah, I'll have to research that. Indirect um, fire, like from a Lafette. That's what he's trying to say. Um, oh, well, it depends on how far you are. But even just general practice. Just, just general, yeah, just a general. I've never heard yeah. of it. I've always no, heard we, of it as we like were a never, front line, we were trying direct. That. I do know, though, that, like, um, so when I qualified on this fucking thing in Texas in 2009, um, I, 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 you know, put the belt in, blah, 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 and, like, I'm on the range. I'm on, I'm on the fucking gun. It's cocked. It's ready to go. I got my assistant gunner, and I asked the, the range safety, I said, how many rounds or how many targets do I need to hit to get expert? He goes, nine. I said, okay. And so I shot five, or it was, I don't, it was between five and seven rounds, right? I don't remember. A burst, but I, I angled it just perfectly so that it went through the first set of targets, it skipped the fucking rounds went up and skipped. They hit the second <laughs> target like barrage or uh, not barrage, but like a line. And then it hit like rocks or something must have hit the next one. And he just is looking through binoculars. He goes, um, all right, well, you got your fucking nine targets. Uh, <laughs> go ahead and fire. And so I was just doing like bursts. He goes, no, just fucking fire the gun. Like burn up your ammo. And so I was just sitting there going, you know, it was fun as shit. And, and I remember the rounds just going for fucking ever. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like we're, we're shooting at mountains, of course. And like these fucking things, they were just level. So that's what, what you're saying. Plunging fire is like shooting up and like kind of Arcade. doing a, a mortar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's probably uh, like long, long range. Like you're, I believe you'd it's have a, to be really fucking far away. It's your, over an angle yeah. of 30 degrees is what plunging fire is. It's, it's at a okay. Maximum. Yeah. You'd have to be really fucking far away to do that with, a, with an M2. Yeah. You really range. Would. Because like I was just saying is like we were shooting our, our range was like three or four miles long. And these rounds would start dropping at about two and a half. And think of it, Nate, too. I mean, the tripod on a 50 cal is pretty shallow to the ground. It it's is. It's not like a 1917. I was thinking or a more like more like mounted on a vehicle, like on a half track or something. Like in terms of like World mm. War II, because you do see you do see some examples of that. Maybe yeah, it you could blow a house away or, or slam right. Right. It's probably I mean. like a Hail Mary thing. Look at me blowing off ammo, making it look like I'm hitting something. But I mean, I've seen it in some of the things. I was curious because I know I the, the the term might be just. My, you know the term I've just read. No, using the correct manuals, term. Yeah. Plunging fire, indirect fire. Plunging fire is the old school term. Okay. But like World War One. So for this one, I'll just I'll just clarify for our listeners. After I went on that rant, I'm sorry. Um, the way they were using these is direct fire, and it's very effective, especially in an urban environment. Mm. It's going to cut down buildings. And so, and it's it is realistic that the IDF would have been using these. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Like, fuck yeah. In the shot of the yep. one of the Merkava, which I love the Merkava, um, fucking like it's controlled from the inside of the tank and it's right over the barrel. So the gunner can use his gun sight. Yep. So that it's the same way with the gun sight or the 50 cal. So the Israelis use yep. tons of 50s. I'm not sure if they still well, use Well, the IDF started using them when we started sending them shit in the 60s. Yeah. Right? Like all the and half so, tracks that they had on them and shit. Tons. Right, of exactly. And, and the M2 is probably the most widely used heavy machine gun in the West, for sure. Besides the Dishka. But, like, you know, in the Western world, if you want to talk about it like that, 
It's probably the most widely used heavy machine and, gun. And and, and sure. just and just to paint a picture, and, it is. It, it's like it's like if anyone can't picture it off the top of their head, it's the thirty cal's big brother. That's pretty much the best way to describe spade grips. it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it, it's the, the so the the uh, the um the 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 bolt carrier like the, the whole block that's a similar but you also don't have to headspace and time a 30 caliber and so the 50 cal or the m2 i'm sorry we, we call it 50 cal all the time uh the m2 you have to headspace that motherfucker every time you are going out to use it and you have to time it which is timing is very fun because you can fuck with that and if you get really good with that you can get that thing to fire as fast as a fucking 240 bravo and still not fry the fucking gun, right? It's, it's like, not recommended, but you can do it. It's like you screw the barrel all the way, and then you take it back seven clicks or something. Forget. Nope. You, you, so for for head spacing, yeah, yeah, you put the barrel in all the way, you back it up two clicks, and then you start the head. You do have to okay, do that. You do have to do that with the thirty cal, but 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 not um, not as much as not, the 50. not as much. Fifties are yeah. very particular. Oh, yeah. dude. Dude, if you because you have the gauges, I actually have a set of gauges. Yeah, a lot of guys I don't know carry why. them. I know, like a fucking Bastalone used to carry the no go gauges on his dog tags. Right, and a good and, gunner. Will well, do yeah, that. he's a machine gunner. Yeah. And um, yeah. Anyway, it's, move on from that. But the so the M seventy two law. It's such yep. a cool image of the tank. I love that. Uh, yeah, yeah. The cool thing about the Merkava the M two is a beautiful weapon. Is it was designed to keep the crew alive as much as possible in a tank battle because they basically realized. And Israel, like, the crew is more important than the tank. We can get more tanks, but we can't get enough crew. And that's opposite right. of the 1980s American idea, where the tank is more important than you. And the fire control system will kill the crew, but will save the Abrams. So it's funny how different countries have certain different things. But they're really cool. The engines are in the front and everything. And ugh. there's a second version. The that law in this illustration, mm -hmm. the law in this illustration is really not good. It's a bit big. Yeah. It's, like, been extended in his... Uh... Yeah. It's also very square. It's like the mod the modern ones are a bit longer, I think. The ones you see in Afghanistan. RPG seven. Yeah. The RPG seven. Yep. Love the RPG. And it was cool that one uh reporter guy talking about RPGs. Like they make the whoosh. The hiss whoosh and you don't hear the explosion. Yeah. The RPGs the are like, Yeah. Yep. And they hit they go yep. like that weird sound that nobody ever gets fucking right and Movies or bit oh yeah series or whatever. You mean not like in a, a giant bottle rocket, which is what Hollywood always makes it sound like. <laughs> the whistle, right. yeah. exactly yeah. on a fucking string. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, yeah. for being an animated film and for being as stylized as it is, like you know, pretty good job on a lot of the weapons and oh yeah, and yep. Minus the sniper rifle, they did an amazing job on really everything, you know. And I keep you know saying it, but I, I'm blown away by an animated film getting its all this right you know it's not airbender fuck you nathan <laughs> i didn't say i loved it i just i think it's a cool thing so yeah i hear you you can cry yourself to sleep <laughs> <laughs> um don't make fun of my childhood it, it also like it, so so it's again to like a more deep and kind of like depressing kind of fucking topic it really does um kind of encapsulate and display what post-traumatic stress and I don't call it a disorder. I, I, I dropped the D a while back. So I don't think it's a disorder. I think it's just post-traumatic stress. Um, I think it encapsulates what post-traumatic stress is a lot of times is guys just cannot remember because it's your mind just goes, let's comp comp compartmentalize that 
and just it's it's gone it's gone and like you don't have to fucking deal with that some people do that um it's a others, mechanism you know i mean yeah and 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 it's like some guys can just talk about it some guys are gonna go yeah i i i don't want to talk about that bam yeah well, others are gonna be like yeah well here here's what i remember yeah not a big deal well, that's what the uh, the the tank uh, soldier when they talks about his story. That's what he says at the end of that. You know, he said, "I stopped talking to the families of the people who died because I just didn't want to think about it anymore. I just didn't want right. to even think about it." Yeah, yeah, and it's fucked up. And so they, they really they this actually tackled like how post traumatic stress affects different people in different ways. You know, it really did. It's like yeah, because this guy's trying to figure out what. I'm trying to remember. And these other guys are like, yeah, I remember this, this, and this, and this. And then, yeah. It's um, it's a funny reference to bring up, but um, in one of the latter seasons of Better Call Saul, when things start to go crazy, um, Saul sees this. By the way, don't, don't, don't spoil it for me. I haven't watched. That's fine. Saul sees past this season crazy three. event. Oh, you're going to, it gets really good. Oh, I know um, what you're talking about, Brian. Yeah, he, get, he gets, he sees this crazy event and he like really can't deal with it. And it, it kind of really fucks with him. And he talks to Mike about it. And you, know, Mike is a Vietnam vet. And he basically is like, how am I going to, when is this going to stop? And Mike just has this really cool like talk with him and basically says, you're going to wake up one day and it's not going to be there. You don't know when that's going to be, but you're going to wake up every day and it's going to be there and you're going to deal with it and you're going to fight with it until it's not. And that's just a really good way of, I, I think, talking about PTSD or PTS and, you know, trauma in general, because it's going to fuck you over until it doesn't, you know, and you don't know when that is. That could be a month. That could be 10 years. That could be never, but you're right. I've had, I've had to explain other point, ways too. you know, I've, I've had to explain other ways too, um, from Korean vets, World War II vets, uh, Vietnam, you name it. They have told me they're like, it never goes away. It never, it, you're always going to think about it. It never goes away. It does get better if you choose to like accept and kind of whatever. But they're like, it doesn't ever go away. And so there's a dichotomy to that. Some people like one day they wake up and they're just like, oh, I'm good. But I, I think for uh, most people dealing with that kind of shit, like in this film is, well, and the thing is like, um, Ari is just starting this journey because he's going to, he's going to, he's going to like, reinvigorate this fucking fire that's in his mind and like at the end of the film we kind of it's kind of it kind of like uh uh alludes to that that he's remembering this shit now oh he remembers he remembers seeing the looks on the people even though he wasn't involved in the massacre directly but like you know it's like and that that's even uh, okay let's just branch off really quick with that People who were not directly involved, but somehow feel responsible. In my experience and from talking to people have a lot harder time dealing with that because they feel culpable and they feel like, again, like we were talking about earlier, I could have done something more. I could, I, I, you know, I could have done something to just not let this happen and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people that were involved in these, not just this massacre, but like any, any massacre, they're like, I was just doing what I was told. And so it's, that's how I deal with it, you know? And with this, it's like, 
you realize, yeah, he was just launching flares out of a mortar. Okay. Normal fucking routine, even though he knew something was going on. But then in hindsight, he goes, oh, I was lighting the, 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 the fucking light to allow this to happen. Well, you and several other guys, blah, blah, blah. And then he sees the aftermath and that fucks with him more than having been a part of that massacre directly, you know? And so that, 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 that was what I really did like about this film is like, it really shows like, yeah, he wasn't directly part of it, but like it fucks with him so bad that his mind has literally shut down a part of its memory so he can function. It's, it's, it's like Blythe in um, the episode of uh, Fan of Brothers, I think Carantan, where... Um, yeah, tread lightly know. here, but yes, yes. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> when he shoots the German and he goes up to him and he sees the results of shooting him. I mean, most of the time it's like, bang, he drops, bang, he drops. You know, you keep going on. But yes. seeing the dirty work that you caused, you definitely has a lot more lingering trauma than just pulling the trigger and going on to the next time, you know? So, yeah, I agree with you. It just dropping mortars into a mortar is like, oh, okay, what the hell? But well, then seeing the result of, of what you helped, you know, not fuck. only the result of it, but um, it, it wasn't. And I don't think that was even like the worst part. It was the, the women coming up to him afterwards, yep. you know, what, which is what really did it for him. And, uh, you know, enough to where he, he inserts at the end the actual footage of them. You know, it's, it's pretty great transition too to that. Totally right, caught yeah. off guard, you know. Yeah, it, during the animation, they were using yep. the actual audio of it, you know. Yeah, during, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just insane. But uh, yeah, and then you see you see the actual bodies, mm-hmm. and for, mo- for you know and what's the girl what's, too what's, you see, that, right? You know. Exactly. And what's really fucked up is like in modern day society, a lot of people are just they're on Reddit and 4chan, they're numb to all this shit uh, until you see it in real life, and. That's what I think they were trying to get across. This was also fucking 14 years ago, right? Um, but when you see it in real life, it's it's like, oh, this isn't a video game. This isn't on the internet. This isn't, I'm watching something on Live Leak. Uh, I'm like there. You see, you smell it too. That's the thing. And it's like the 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 final footage that was shown in the film it's it was a massacre it was fucking ridiculous and that's what happens in wars and that's what happens in invasions and you know disagreements on shit that's what happens like it's so fucked up but like people nowadays are so fucking numb to that shit unless they see and smell it like literally smell it like that that's a big thing I'll, I'll, I'll harp on they smell it in real life. They don't know, and they, they're just like, "Oh, whatever." The not happening to me. Of death, you know, that you'll never forget. <laughs> Definitely not sweet, but like, yeah, uh, it, it's not happening to me, you know. And that, that's very typical, and that's fine. But like, yeah, it, whatever. Well, that's why uh, I think that it was. It's so, you know, the, talking about how this film is animated and all that. The fact that mm-hmm. it switches over to that live action, um, you know, stock yeah. footage at the end is is it hammers home that point. Correct. That, 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 that yeah. it's real. Correct. You know? um, yeah, correct. And that, that's why, like, you know, I, I'm bitching about the animation, whatever, blah, 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 personal preference. But, like, I think 
that, yeah, it was good because it, it did transition into the actual stock footage. Yeah, show that it was real. And then the sounds and the fucking, the people crying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, well, that's, that's what you get in a war. Yep. And then it just ends. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I was, I was surprised when it ended. Cause I was like, Oh, but it was great how it, how it did, you know? And it's such yep. a diverse subject not to get too embroiled in it, but you know, Israel and what they've done in the middle East. And there's a million different ways you could have gone with it, especially having Israeli vets talk about, you know, their country fighting somewhere else. But it just does it so well hauntingly. And it just it paints such a very traumatic period and a very little known bit of history in the West very well, you know, because like besides hearing about like the Beirut bombings, not a lot of people know about Beirut in the eighties, you know, at least in the States. So, well, it's another thing too, is like, um, a lot of people like they, they want to paint Israel as the victim constantly and like, Oh, they were just, they were just doing this to prevent an attack. Well, sounds familiar, right? You know, us going into Iraq, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, that, that whole invasion was fucking retarded. It was dumb. It was fucking stupid. Okay, there was no point in there except for politicians. And that's fine. Like, in Israel, there are politicians just like there are in the U.S. It's like, that was so stupid. It was such a waste of life for everybody. And it's like, I'm glad that this story was told, especially on film. You know what I mean? Like, because it, it, it was such a fucking waste of life. And w- what came of that? Oh, Lebanon's not going to attack Israel? Oh, okay. We've got Egypt and Syria and fucking whatever. Israel is still bombing camps in fucking Syria and Lebanon. Right. Though. Israel's not, they're not, they're they not innocent. They just blew itself just up like, with fertilizer three years ago. <laughs> yeah. They're just like us. That's the problem is like, Israel's government is just like us. They're like, oh, I always got a fucking quote unquote attack before we're attacked. And it's like, well... If you stop doing that, maybe, maybe people would stop fucking hating you so much. And it might be controversial to say that, but, like, that's the way I, I, I opinionize these things. Like, how about we just fucking go about our business? If somebody legitimately attacks us, sure. But this preemptive, oh, we had to do this to prevent this conflict, well, you, no, no. You, you, you started a conflict, and you started probably more conflicts down the road. And again, the U.S. does this all the fucking time. And that's what pisses me off. Exactly. Have you, any of you seen the movie Munich? Yes. Uh, the Steven Spielberg movie? That's a really good movie that, question, that brings up these questions that we're talking about with, with this stuff. Because that movie is about, uh, you know striking vengeance on people the olympics who are, yeah, uh, yeah yeah the oh, olympic yeah. it's about the the commandos who are hired to go 73, assassinate these yeah. people yeah two. but in doing so they just realize that they kill these people and then others pop up and it's like eventually they start to realize what are what are why are we even doing this it's it, it becomes really interesting um i uh, i really like the movie munich a lot it's kind of in a similar way like zero dark 30 you know, it's a, I like that movie for a lot of different reasons, but it just goes to show, like, you know, you're trying to chase one dragon while all these other things are happening. It's like at one point, they're just, just like, nobody cares about Bin Laden. It's been seven years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and and it's, just, it's just so true, you know, because you're always fighting multiple threats, and, like, you can't focus on one fucking thing all the time. But Well, that's kind of like, you know, with this, with um, Nessa Bashir, is like, 
Why are they going to Lebanon? Oh, Palestinian terrorists. They use the word because mm-hmm. that was way after the the Munich Olympics, and that's in the seventies is when the terrorist term started coming up, right? Hijackings and everything, yeah. Yeah, 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 and and GSG nine, um, GIGN, the Red Army faction. SAS. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, well, counterterrorism units. It's like, but okay, like like Michael was just saying, it's like. Who are we going to strike back against? The country? Okay, yeah, okay, that's fine. You got Palestinians living in Lebanon. All right, let's go fucking invade the fucking country and piss them off. And so they're going to forever hate you. Yeah, and then they're going to the, do the same fucking thing that you're doing. Right, it's like us. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got attacked it's at 9 11. years <laughs> since Beirut. Right. And here we are. Okay, we go and we try to get bin Laden that we think fucking do this even though the saudis did that but like um and then we go to iraq you know it's like we do the same shit it's like what is this for yeah and so that that's what this film illustrates very well i'm not getting off on a political tangent like it's, it's not that i'm like it's all relative because it's like the the israeli invasion of lebanon i don't understand it from a practical standpoint and they're there for a long time i think till 85 yes yeah, or later. and that created a lot of fucking bad blood, literally and figuratively, um, between those two people that, you know, the groups of people that live right there. And it's like, well, what was the point of that? Like, what what did you accomplish? Yep. Did, you, did, did you accomplish something? Oh, you did. Oh, you strengthened relations with the Lebanese people? Oh, no, you didn't. You fucked that up. Uh, so you didn't accomplish jack shit. You made it worse. And so that, that's kind of my whole point is like in this film, it, it actually illustrates that very well. And it's like, yeah, we went there and then these guys that we didn't really know we weren't with, but they were there massacred these fucking people. And we just sat by and watched yep. and let it happen. Yeah. The, the guy you know, and says, the, he gets on the radio at one point and says, what's going on. And the guy on the other line says, okay, thank you for telling me that. And hangs up the phone. Yeah. Like, okay, fine. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's like, that's the kind of shit. Like, what, is, yeah, what is the point? And it's it's so relevant. Like, that's why I like, again, my bitching about the it being animated is just because I thought this story was so good that I wish it would have been live action. It wasn't whatever. Who gives a fuck? Uh, but like, it just shows how stupid fucking the politics are in the world and they have been for quite some time and you get these 18 19 20 year old guys that are going over to do your bidding and you're like i don't fucking know i just want to survive you get into combat you're like shit and then shit happens it's like well yeah so i love that part about it like it illustrated like how it actually is yes so no i i like i say it's so unique i don't i've never seen a war movie and like Animation aside, like I've never seen a war movie that's, you know, told like this. You know, it's it's like half documentary, half narrative. It's it's fucking crazy. There's not a Nate, lot of what do you things think? you could watch ninety minutes that you get this much out of. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, right. Nate, you've been pretty quiet. What's up? It's not midway, so you know, we can't hold a candle <laughs> to that. Um, this one's for Pearl. Yeah. Um No, I I I, I I'm not I, I don't know much about the history, so for me to kind of talk about the the world at that time, I don't really know enough to comment. And I've been 
just thinking about, uh, you know, how much Mike A is going to hate watching the Patriot next week. So, you know, there's that. Look, dude, I'll watch the Patriot. <laughs> That's going to be a great episode. episode. Yeah. I'm expecting, I'm expecting to be like, you know, normal, 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 normal. Mike A is like 0.03. No, Mike, so, Mike got, just grabs I've a bunch a, of lead soldiers from a drawer and starts melting them like into uh, balls. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, he's bullet molds, though. He doesn't have that. He's a fucking, well, you have his M1, so if he had his M1, he'd be halfway there. Yeah, give me back oh, my M1. Shit. Oh, fuck. I, I don't even want to open that case up. I don't want to see how rusted that oh. thing is. <laughs> Three it's months been the case. later. It's, it's been safe, but okay. like, I, I actually haven't opened that fucker up and like looked at it. Okay. Um, I locked it up. Anyway. Anyway, um, no, the Patriot, I've got a friend who is really savvy on Rev War shit. He does Rev War. He's very good on that period of time. Let's not do that until I've got explicitly like his confirmation that he'll watch it and come onto the podcast for that. He's our age. His, 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 his code name on my streams has been Fat Monk. <laughs> <laughs> So he's, now he can be called Fat I, Mel Gibson, I, honorable title. No, I I know this guy personally. Like we did World War One together, and he's got a great World War One impression. I mean that'd be I mean that'd be cool because I, I that's the thing is I don't know shit from. That's one reason why I think I enjoy it. It's because I I don't know shit from Shingle for what's correct in that. To be honest, yeah, same yeah. here. That's all you know about it. Yeah. Yeah, like like yeah, it and, like and, like I don't know yeah. what's wrong, so that doesn't crawl under my skin. But if you made me watch well, Wind I, I Talkers, the, I'm the like British shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the British, I know, are portrayed very fucking poorly and inaccurately. Like the mean blah blah. That, that's just gonna be fine with the British Empire and their 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 very orderly way of doing things. No, not gonna. Yeah, happen. they're but they're like, like the you're SS just mad because they put ink in your tea. Right. Yeah, they're like the what? fucking. What'd you say, Brian? Ink in so your he's tea. He's just mad because they put ink in his tea. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a stupid thing. Fucking well, we can bitch about it next week or at some point in June. Yeah. Well, get yeah, get. What's up? What? Um. Well, what, I mean, I mean, let's, so, okay, let's, let, let's do the final. Yeah. Let's do the. Let's just do the final review on <laughs> Waltz with Bashir. Okay. And then we can start ranting and fucking talking about next week's Master Commander Endeavor. or Waterloo. If we're going old, shut the fuck old. up. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> that's not. Dude, he Master just, Commander is so fucking long. He just launched so it. Good. He just launched it, and then you just you just fucking steamrolled it. He launched into a great segue, and you're just like, how about next week? And he's like, God damn it. Yeah, so our, our penis, <laughs> peni, how about that? Um, well, speaking okay. of that, Nate, no, give us no, your opinion. No, fuck you. No, Mike A, go. <laughs> no, you want me to? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, I say this is a 10 out of 10 in my opinion. I love this movie. Biased opinion? <laughs> we got to even this out. One out of ten. Boom. There we go. Oh, no, wow. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, oh. no. Uh, so, so explain a little bit, Mike, why okay. you're. I just like I said, it, it's it's unique. It is artistic. It is you know impactful. It is gritty. It is unapologetic. It's incredibly personal. Like I say, it's. I mean, this movie was made by war veterans, and yeah. it's amazing. It's not just you know. It, it, most people who are not used to making movies, when they try to make a movie, it is absolute shit. But in this case, these guys were, I mean, they, they, they obviously studied film and stuff like that, and it's amazing. I, um, I love all of the topics that are brought up in it and, you know, how they're discussed. 
like I say, it's so it's so unique. I've never seen a war movie ever that's done like this. So, in my opinion, in my view, it hits them all perfectly. I love it. So, so you're so you're, you're you, giving it perfect ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. I love this movie. All yeah. right, Nate, you're next. Uh, I mean, I I do want to I do resonate with what Mike A said, you know, about everything he said. I I think you know having that that influence of actual veterans who were there and the details you can give with that is really something you cannot you know um, you 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 cannot you cannot you know look at that and go wow that's not you know really good detail and really good um, uh, plot design all that kind of stuff to push the story along because that's what makes you be there. Um, you know, I, I kind of ranted earlier about the animation and all that stuff, and I think it's very impressive considering it's 2004. You know, Adobe Flash is still an, an, that should date that movie right there for anyone who's nerd like me about this stuff. Is that it was made with Adobe Flash? Adobe Flash has been gone, I think, for four years now, um, completely obsolete. So it's very, very interesting considering I also fucking hated working in Flash, and it was the demon above demon in animation school, and I hated that thing with a passion. So more power to them to actually make a whole feature film in that horrible program. Um, but, um, you know, I think I think uh, it has fantastic composition, fantastic uh, color, design, the whole nine yards. However... I got nothing to say that makes it a negative other than it just, it just, uh, you know, my attention just couldn't hold on to some of the lulls, and that's just me. I mean, I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 Scream Mel Gibsons, not because for any particular reason. They were just little things that just, I think more and more just for plot and the way it was done in a documentary-like style, it just didn't hold my attention, but that's nothing against the film as a whole it's just me it's just my own personal opinion on that so i'd say i give it an eight out of ten i'd give it a nine but just i think an eight sounds good so eight screaming mill gibsons boom <laughs> drop mic <laughs> bri bri mute yeah, we can't hear, you're we muted can't hear you're you. muted <laughs> fucking a so i went into this with an open mind you know just again expecting whatever it's going to be I, I knew that mike liked it and uh it was animation whatever and like as i watched it i just got more engrossed and more engrossed and it's definitely a film i look forward to watching to in the future i've already probably watched the dream sequence about 70 times and i watched it like three hours ago it's just very 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 well done um and i started out with a seven and then as i watched it it got higher and higher and i'm gonna end up with like a 9.5 because it just i don't know it it really speaks to me on a level of trauma on a level of just, you know, coping with things. And to sum it up, you know, it's a haunting tale of a man coming to terms with his own past, you know, and dealing with his own deeds. And it's just, there's not many things that could have been done better. And I really think that because it's an animated film, it it makes it easier to grasp instead of it was role play or live action or any of that bullshit. Like it was just, it's just so well done. And it's a real piece of art. And I think I'm better for watching it. So. All right. Um, yeah, it, again, me bitching about the animation, whatever. Um, if I'm going for the actual screenplay, the way it was presented, the writing and the overall message and all that shit. Um, 
it, it, it's pretty good. Like you said, it, 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 it tackles trauma pretty well, right? And it, you know, post-traumatic stress and like not being able to remember shit, but like he wants to remember it. He wants to try to remember it just to figure out what the fuck happened for his own sake and for everybody else's. That's really something that no other film that I've seen has tackled. And that was really, really a good thing. Um, like like uh, Nate said, though, a lot of times my attention was like, and it's not necessarily that, you know, it was boring or whatever. It's just like, okay, we're on from this subject. Now we're on to this one. Okay, well, and I had to pause a couple times, you know, just to kind of go, okay, we're doing this now. Whatever. It's fine. Not that big of a deal. Because, again, that's a personal thing. Um, the way that people portray their thoughts and their, their, their recollections of the events, very real, like I said. Very real. It's just deadpan of like, yeah, here's what I remember happening, blah, blah, blah. Were you there with me? I don't know. Or, yeah, you were there. You had to have been there. Very realistic. And... Also, I like that it's a subject that nobody in the West really knows about. I didn't know about this until this was brought up. And so that's a very interesting thing. And yeah, anyway, I'll stop rambling. Um, I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. One point's docked for, for just I wish it was live action because it was so good. That's the problem. Like, I wish... It was so good that I wish it was live action. But again, I know I might have taken some things away. Um, other things, it's just kind of like some of the artistic um, liberties were odd. They didn't detract from the film. Like somebody watching this that doesn't know about this shit. Like it didn't detract, but like for myself personally. So I'll give it, well, okay, I'll up that to an 8.5 out of 10. Okay. Okay, so high marks from everyone. It, and yes. it actually the average is eight point nine. Yeah, nine. So it's definitely one of the higher rated movies we've ever. Yeah, watched. definitely. Yeah, you it know? was pretty damn good. I, I think no, it might yeah. even be the highest if I remember. Somebody will do the math eventually. <sighs> I'll yeah. do the math. I'll go back. But <laughs> no, it just um, if you want to watch a really cool movie, if you're open minded enough to watch an animated war film, which you should be, because be an artist you know enjoy everything yep every yeah yep you know yep. you really enjoy it it's a really amazingly done piece about a very little known subject in the west maybe not a movie to watch like on a saturday night we're like fuck yeah it's a saturday i'm gonna get drunk but definitely something to watch that's introspective and you will gain from it like there's yeah it's just it's Agreed. great it's really well done it's either gonna make you talk about it it's gonna make you think about it or you're gonna take something away from it but it's definitely an amazing piece and it i was gonna say this earlier but it reminds me a lot of flags of our fathers it's this search for something, for meaning, you know, in the abyss. And that's what we're all doing. We're all searching for something. So it's just fucking watch this movie. It's just great. So. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Agreed. Well, join us next week as we do Patriot or fucking something. I don't know at this point. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram pages. If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, scuttlebutt out.